I know unless someone puts a gun to my head, they can't take it from me. And even then it's difficult for them. And it's like, that's a very comfortable feeling when you put as much energy as we all do out into the world. Like mm. making money is fucking hard. Like getting through life and doing well is really fucking hard. It takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of sacrifice. And to think that it can all just be taken from you by some twat with a pen is annoying. And mm. so that's what's so beautiful with Bitcoin. Hello and welcome to Bitcoin with Jake. This is a podcast all about people's personal journeys to Bitcoin. I wanted to know more about the people converging on this new form of money. Why do they see value in it? What skills enable their understanding? How is it changing their lives? If you're a founder looking for funding or an investor looking to make investments, then please reach out as I develop my network in the space. Do me a favor and chuck us a five-star rating on whichever app you're using to listen or a like if you're watching it somewhere. As insignificant as this may seem, they help a startup project like this hugely. Lastly, if you have any questions at all, please just reach out. The easiest place to find me is on Twitter at Jake E. S. Woodhouse. Now, I'd like to take a quick moment to talk about our sponsor. Fast Bitcoins are a Bitcoin exchange who you should definitely take a look at next time you're thinking of making a Bitcoin purchase. They're a great team, which for me is always the key to due diligence, whilst their product has a ton of features useful to every Bitcoiner. Check out my episodes with Danny Brewster, the founder CEO, and Nathan Smith, the chief compliance officer, to learn more about the people behind the brand. Thank you to Fast Bitcoins for sponsoring the show. Now, on to today's episode. I've got Max, uh, the host of the Bit by Bit. Is that right, Max? Bit by Bit podcast. Yeah, is that the Bit by That's Bit it. pod. So, yes, do you guys just Max or Max Bit by Bit? Um, I wasn't uh, sure actually. When I was reading either. Really Doesn't either really is fine. Retard is often thrown around. So just uh, whatever you want, mate. But well, yeah, welcome, Bit Max, by Bit thank podcast. You for joining. I um I should start with shilling us our, our shared sponsor, Fast Bitcoins. Thank you to the yeah. team there. I was just saying offline that they have um you know, taking me on as a partner and we've now got sponsorship coming in for Bitcoin with Jake, which is a very exciting milestone to have achieved. And I believe you're the only other podcast that they sponsor. So we have that in common. That's right. well, thank you very much for joining. Yeah. Me. Yeah. Well, thank you for inviting me. Uh, absolute pleasure to, to be on. So, so I tend to focus on people's personal journeys and I try and find out where they've come from and what, the, what brought them to Bitcoin. So simple question to kick things off. How did you find out about Bitcoin and can you we rewind the clock to to teach me a bit about what was going on in your life at the time and why bitcoin appealed yeah i was lucky enough to at the time i still had facebook and i saw a message from a friend of mine talking about cryptocurrencies and all this different stuff and they'd message someone else that i knew and i thought oh, that's that's interesting and i didn't really think any more of it i was busy with other stuff and then uh I can't remember what made me think of it. I reached out to him and I hadn't spoken for a couple of months, good friend of mine. And I said, oh, it'd be good to catch up. And he said, oh, I've got to tell you about this thing, this Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, going off, you've got to come up to London. Let's go and have dinner. So I said, all right, I'll come up. And, um, at the time I was, I just left a previous work. So I was running uh, i'll try not to dox myself too much but i was running <laughs> facial aesthetics clinics and, and dentistry and all sorts of stuff in that area um and fucking hated it like really really hated it and so um three months prior or four months prior to reaching out to him 
I just packed it all in. I said, I'm not fucking just can't do this shit anymore. I absolutely hate it. And so I'd always wanted to work as an artist. Like I'd always for, for most of my life, I'd always loved painting and creating. So I just said, fuck it. I'm just going to do that. So, um, I stayed at home and just started creating and I was doing that literally day and night, just all the way through the day and night, every single day, like obsessively. And so I wasn't really like looking for anything else. I still had a small property portfolio that brought in enough to live and, you know, like, uh, not have to do too much else. So I wasn't really looking for anything. I just thought, oh, well, I'll go and speak to him. And he, when we sat down for dinner, just absolutely exploded. Like just <laughs> energy, just, I mean, just, you know, I guess, you know, we know what it's like now once you get involved, but uh, especially the early days, but he just exploded. This is the most amazing thing ever. It's going to fucking change the world. Oh my God. Rah, rah, rah. It went on and on and on. And I was like, whoa, 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 just slow down. Like what, what do you mean? What is it? And he was talking about like every cryptocurrency, you know, mm. fucking stupid stuff like tracking wine on the blockchain, you know, V chain and all these different mm. things back in the day. And I was like, sounds cool. Cause it does sound cool. Like when they explain it, you know, when you don't really know what you're talking about, you're like, okay, yeah, fine. And, uh, I said, well, what does it mean to me? Like what, like what bits am I interested in? Cause he knows me pretty well. And he was like, well, this Bitcoin, you can't stop it. So when you send a transaction, it can't be stopped. And he said, and it's like cash. And he always used to take the piss out of me because I always use cash. So when anytime, anytime we go up to London, <laughs> he'd be like, you fucking weirdo. What are you doing trying to pay for a train ticket in cash? Why don't you just have a card? Like you're, you're so annoying. You're, you know, you're such a dinosaur. And mm. so he knew that I liked cash. I've always had a problem with authority. And he started to explain some of these things. And I was just like, well, if this is true, this is amazing. Mm. Um, and it kept like flying around my head for a while but i couldn't really put all the pieces together and then i started watching andreas antonopoulos videos and you know i know a lot of people have turned their back on this guy because of his involvement with ethereum i don't give a fuck he is amazing um just the way he explained things the analogies that he used was just it just put it all together and, and i started to understand that well this is really really world changing like this is unbelievable and i remember there was one point where i was sat at like three in the morning sat in my apartment and just started just running around just like literally sprinting around with excitement in my apartment because like, this is <laughs> this is unbelievable and uh, i think it was at that point where i was like i have to get involved with this more and so at the time, I kind of had enough with the property world. Um, I'd done it for quite some time. The regulations were really uh, annoying me. It was starting to feel more restrictive. Um, and I just was like, fuck it, I'm all in on this Bitcoin thing. It just makes sense. So I spent the next few years just selling everything I had and just piling into Bitcoin and spending all my time learning about Bitcoin obsessively. And I've done that since. So it just, yeah, it just absolutely consumed my life, which yes, sometimes I curse my friend for it because it, uh, it really is all consuming. But at the same time, I'm very, very thankful. 
that he sat down and took the time and, and went through it all with me. We've all got one friend out there somewhere, so I'm not sure who'll be listening, but Dan Burke, shout out wherever you are. Back in Singapore in 2015, where I lived at the time, talking to me about Bitcoin, bought my first Bitcoins back then. And if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be anywhere near as far down the rabbit hole as I am today. Yeah, so we, we've all got, you know, that friend somewhere that like sparked the imagination and you started researching it. Roughly when was that dinner out of interest, Max? And so how long have you been, um, to use your own words, kind of obsessively researching? Yeah, so a little bit less than you. That was right at the peak of 2017 um was it november december something like that 2017 like full on everyone's going mad you know mm. things are going crazy so that was then and i started buying yeah so t towards the end of december 2017 and then just carried on through that long drawn out bear i guess it was a case of like am i wrong and and like digging in because you know you see the price going down you're like well hold on everyone said this is going to be like you know all the things that they say like so why is the price going down and i didn't understand the markets i didn't understand that you have these cycles i didn't understand any of that and uh i guess it was a case of like as i started putting more money in, i'd go well it's a 20 percent drop from the peak now and like in markets where i'd be used to like property markets i was like that's mm -hmm you know buy you know that's that's when you want to go and buy so i would i would buy more and then it would drop more and i'd be like fucking hell am i a retard like what why <laughs> every time i'd look at every every time in the morning i had like a app on my phone i had loads of different coins and, and shit coins and stuff back then because mm. uh, i was learning and I, and so but i would look at this portfolio every morning i'd be like oh good i'm poorer than i was yesterday which is excellent news and that was like every single day <laughs> and so it forces you to be like i need to check you know and still am checking to see if i'm wrong but i don't think i am i'm more confident now than ever and um i suppose that's a healthy thing is is to check but it's maybe unhealthy to get quite as wrapped up as a lot of us do it's um it i don't know very, i guess it's hard not though. to when you see opportunity and then you start peeling back the the layers of the opportunity and yeah. it's it's fairly good metric i would say in that first of all everyone thinks they're too late and everyone thinks they don't have enough third point to that which is almost the biggest and most important is that the closer people get to bitcoin the more they like it and that's actually almost yeah. the opposite of a lot of other investments you know, I, yes. I spend a lot of time in the startup space and, you know, the closer you get to a startup company, the more holes you see in it, which means mm. it's less likely to actually survive. And it's already a very risky investment. So you spread your bets across, you know, 10, 100, have, have you want to play it. But uh, yeah, it's, it's really interesting that, isn't it? It's that the more you research it, the more confidence you have in it. And even with all the like, carnage of the last couple of weeks and these shitcoin casinos blowing up and fraud just everywhere, people who are buying Bitcoin are like, yep. I'm buying. It's like 15, 16, 17,000 US dollars. And it's like, well, yes, please. I'll take some more. Thanks very much. Yeah. If you've got the cash, of course. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay, cool. So I must confess in terms of your, your timeline you gave there, I was lucky to buy in 2015, but by 2017, I'd sold like 75% of what I purchased on, okay. you know, to go on holiday and to buy a fucking classic yeah, yeah. car and do stupid shit like that. Yeah. And it, it wasn't really what till 2020. Buy? I bought a I bought a 1980s Mercedes SL off a off a, a rapper who's actually now dead called Black the Ripper. 
in a car park in Enfield. <laughs> it was my Bitcoin cash I sent to him. So I know like, Black I the Ripper. Yeah, he's he had a brand called Dank of England that he yeah, liked to yeah, smoke yeah. weed and took videos of himself in like the London. Yeah, just like around that. London. Yeah, yeah. and I, I so I was like, oh, this is this is the most random experience. I was in a car park. It took yeah. us like two hours because we were sending point zero zero one of a Bitcoin to a mobile phone, and it would take a while for the blockchain to actually work. And you're you're going back to your point about cash. You would have been better off just taking six grand in cash and just giving it to him and just yeah, driving yeah. off. <laughs> Yeah, but as it oh, was, yeah. it's like I was on eBay and it said we'll accept crypto, and I'm like, I want to get rid of this Bitcoin cash. I'm going to go and buy that car. <laughs> yeah, but you, uh, it took me a long time basically to realize how important it was, and if I hadn't held it through those like four or five years of up and down and doing stupid shit with it, then I wouldn't have mm -hmm. had the same faith in it that it would still be there five years from today. Of course, yeah. I just happened to have owned some. So, gosh, how interesting. Mm. So, Max, to try and understand a bit more about your background without necessarily doxing yourself so you've mentioned mm -hmm. that you were running some dentistry or, or facial aesthetics clinics or equally you're in the property space so mm -hmm. can you talk about some of the lessons that those experiences taught you so when you said the market dropped by 20 percent, and in property that's a buy why yeah. is that a buy to someone that doesn't understand the property space like what were you looking for as a property investor and what kind of businesses were you running in it and why is bitcoin better yeah so what i would normally look for in pro I had a weird entrance into property in that I bought my first property when I was 14. So wow. for a, I had a, had a weird, get them in early. Yeah. <laughs> I had a, had a weird first few years of my life and it, it made it so that I had to start working very, very early. And so, and, and so I became quite obsessed with, well, how do I make money? How do I support myself? How do I, I guess, how do I like create a safety net around myself where like, I don't have to rely on anything or anyone. And so that was like a big thing for me. Mm -hmm. And I was lucky enough to have a kind of mentor who was into property and, um, she would take me to different property seminars and she had like not a huge portfolio, but probably 20 or 30 properties, something like that and a uh, very kind lady and she would just say okay let's go down to nottingham let me show you this you know these flats that i've just bought and uh, you know they'd be fucking destroyed because attendants messed them up or whatever and she'd be like okay now i'm going to sort out getting builders in i'm going to do this and i'm going to do that and then this mm -hmm. is going to be rented and so i just sort of learn from constantly asking questions like oh how does that work what do you do well how do you buy that and what what's a mortgage and you know what do the rates mean and da 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 da, da. Mm -hmm. and so when I was about 14, I said, look, I've got X amount of cash that I've made. Can I go halves on a property with you? And then we renovate it and then we flip it. And she was like, yeah, okay. So we found one and I said, I think this is a good one from what you've told me and blah, 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 blah. And we, you know, we renovated it and, and rented it and then sold it and that worked. And then, so I just kept doing that. And so I would, I would do that. I'd, buy and sell cars on the side. I buy basically anything that I can buy and sell, anything that I see value in, I'll buy it. And then I'll sell it when I feel the time's right. And so when people are scared would be when I would buy, when there was downturns, you know, 2008, 2009, that sort of time was, was quite nice. Um, and I was always told like, if you just stay on the log, you'd be all right at some point, just wait. And so, th so that kind of like, I guess made it quite easy for me with Bitcoin where I was like, 
I can wait a decade. That's all right. That's fine if I have to. And that's not really something that many other, I think properties are a lot slower moving than a lot of the other things that people come into. Like I was always very comfortable with, well, if there's a downturn in the market and I've got to wait, I've got to wait. So what? I'll just rent it. I'll just sit on it. I guess what took me out of property was, uh, and the same with same with motor trade actually was just that early days everything was cash well not everything was cash but a lot of things were cash working with everyone there was very little regulation you could get away with a lot and no one interfered and i don't mean you can get away with a lot as in you're doing something that's bad or fraudulent or fucking people over i just mean people left you alone and you could just earn and you do your thing and what started to happen was there was so much interference and so much regulation and bullshit that I just ended up hating it. And so again, that was something where I was kind of searching for something where I was like, well, what do I do now was kind of the thing, I guess. And, and Bitcoin just fits so beautifully with that of like low time preference buy when everyone else is scared, hold on. That's the main thing is just hold on. And if, if you don't have the money to hold on, will you drop your drop the way you live right down? You just have to hold on. So yeah, I guess it kind of taught me those things and made this Bitcoin experience, I don't know, uh, less scary than, than maybe others would find it. So I owned some real estate for a bit and like yourself, I've invested in different types of assets over the years and they, they do different things for you and they behave in different mm -hmm. ways. And one of the things that always was a problem for me, and I've actually learned the hard way and that I have exited a position in a London investment that I made at a loss after eight years of almost 50% on the equity position. Absolute mm -hmm. disaster. Leveraged out, did a renovation, sold it eight years later, and people just don't care about what I did to improve it. And the market's gone against me. So, yeah. you, you know, tuition fees, that's what a lot of people in the crypto space are, are paying right now is learning the importance mm -hmm. of self-custody of Bitcoin. But actually yeah. what upset me was that you've got to look after tenants. The the tenants, generally speaking, have extremely strong legal claims on the properties yep. of their home when you rent it out. So that's difficult. And then there's issues with maintenance and there's issues with, you know, obviously capital gains tax every time you fucking sell or equally mm -hmm. you want to buy and you've got to pay stamp duty. And it, it's it's one of those things. Solicitors getting start, involved. You start learning about it. You're like, the, the government can do whatever it wants because you're so easily in their geographic zone of, of or sphere of influence. Yeah. And ultimately I've found it a really painful investment process that in one case I lost a lot of money and it's like, damn it. Well, that has not worked mm. as a store of value, which is what I wanted. I didn't want to be a small business owner running a property portfolio. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Perhaps you can mention some of the best moments from your property experience and then some of the toughest moments. Best moments is uh, to be honest, it's, there's no like, Oh, that was the best moment. Um, the best moments I suppose were exiting a position where I know I've done well. And that happened a fair few times, but there wasn't like one where it was like, wow, I've absolutely fucking smashed this. It was just, you know, I've done nicely out of that. Probably the best feeling I've had is, is getting rid of my last property, uh, <laughs> cause I've, I've sold them all off. That was Brilliant. because in fact, that probably was the best. Each one was good because I was, I mean, I've been waiting for a crash even before Bitcoin, me and a couple of nerdy friends have, have been just like obsessing about like, surely this thing comes down, like this thing comes crashing down. It all felt too, 
toppy i would see people walking into estate agents you know either like young couples who were mortgaging themselves up to the hilt who could only just afford what they were buying at the lowest interest rates one tiny little thing changes and they are fucked mm. and then i would also see all the retirees and people who were going oh yeah we'll get a lovely little portfolio and, and it's passive income and you're like it's not fucking passive trust me it's not passive like mm. you have all the problems you just mentioned and tenants are an absolute nightmare it's, it is a it is a pig of a job but they're, they're thinking it's passive so oh, we'll buy a couple of properties and then we go off to spain good luck you know it really isn't like that so i was watching that and i was thinking at some point, something's going to change or all these people are going to realize that right. this is not the investment they thought and they're going to get wrecked. And then the market is going to, it's going to be really bad, but it just kept not happening. And so I was just like, well, I'm just going to get out while I can. And, um, I've still got one, but the rest are gone. And now I'm looking at what's happening and I'm like, look at what's happening to rates. Mm -hmm. Look at what's happening to the squeeze of everyone not being able to afford their shopping and heating and, and energy. Mm. What comes next? And I think we all know what comes next. And so I'm, although like my Bitcoin position is, well, it's long term, I don't really care. But if I was looking at a figure and looking at it in fiat terms, I'm like, Oof, I've, got, I've been wrecked here over the last couple mm. of months. But um, equally, I'm thinking, well, at some point there is going to be blood in the streets. And if I want to go and buy a house again, I will be in a pretty comfy position. Mm. It's interesting that though, isn't it? The conditioning in, in many ways that we've been through, like physical real estate is this, this thing that people just love it. We're, we're taught to yeah. want to own it. <laughs> and it's, it's a really prestigious thing. You know, oh, I've got five mm -hmm. properties that I have in my portfolio, whatever. And yeah. you're your best moment is actually selling it. Uh, and that's only possible mm -hmm. because of the work you've done to understand Bitcoin, in my opinion. And there'll be a ton of other people out there that haven't figured this out yet. And then they want passive mm -hmm. income or they want a passive yes. store of value, shall we say. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't have to generate income as long as it's there in five years time when I need it. Oh, look, it's done 10x in the meantime. Fucking bingo. That's the best possible place yeah. for me to put my, my value. Wow, how interesting. Okay. And so you, you decided to exit that. And what intrigues me then is, is basically it's the, it's the lens that you have on what Bitcoin actually is. So perhaps you mm. could talk about some of the aspects or characteristics of Bitcoin that you've really enjoyed having sold all that real estate and have now reallocated across to, to the Bitcoin. I love that I own it. So like you touched on it earlier, which is like, you think you own a property, but actually yeah. you don't you sort of own it because if you put a tenant in there and they don't want to leave, if you want to try and get them out legally, you're talking about probably a year, probably 20 grand mm. legal fees. If, and that might not even happen there, you might still not be able to get them out, especially if they're vulnerable and all that shit. And mm. so, or there's a pandemic and rent yeah. is allowed to be extended free of charge for X many months because the government says so, you know, exactly. Yeah, it's a roll of the dice. And so I don't see that as ownership. I see that as like sort of ish ownership and it's better than some other stuff, but it's still shit. And you also have, especially with like flats, 
yeah it's it's different people are like oh it's bricks and mortar and i own it you're like no you fucking don't mm. like if the government wants to come and take it because they think you haven't paid something you should have they'll take it if they think that someone should stay in your home that you pay the mortgage on and you have the debt around your neck they can still stay and that's the government's choice not yours if a management company tells you that a roof needs doing on a flat and it's going to cost a million pound and you know that it only costs three hundred thousand because someone's having something in their back pocket there's fuck all you can do about it because their lawyers are better so good luck and so with bitcoin it's like i know that i own it and i know unless someone puts a gun to my head they can't take it from me and even then it's difficult for them and it's like that's a very comfortable feeling when you put as much energy as we all do out into the world like mm making money's fucking hard like getting through life and doing well is really fucking hard it takes a lot of energy it takes a lot of sacrifice and to think that it can all just be taken from you by some twat with a pen is annoying and mm -hmm. so that's what's so beautiful with bitcoin i love that aspect of it i also love the fact that there are set rules that i've bought into that are very very hard to change interest rates don't really affect me i mean they affect the price of it in in fiat terms but they don't affect the issuance they don't affect any of the things that i've bought into any of the other things that go on in governments it doesn't affect me it doesn't matter i know what i've got i've got a piece of a pie i know how much i have and i know how it behaves and so that's really reassuring to me i like the freedom aspect of it i like the fact no matter what governments try, they can do some really bad stuff. I think people underestimate quite how much Bitcoiners can be affected by their actions that are likely to come. But there are certain things that they can't change and they can't print more of it. And so, you know, I'm not a big fan of a lot of the wars that go on. I'm not a big fan of all the shit that we saw over the last couple of years, locking people down and taking away their businesses and printing a load of money. and trying to force uh, injections and doing all this crazy shit. And what I look at Bitcoin as is I'm not selling mine. So you can't have a piece of this. You can't have my piece. You can't take that. You can't ever own that. And so you can't do further down the line the crazy, crazy shit that you're doing now because you're going to make your money valueless. And so you can print as much as you want, but you can't do the stupid shit you're doing now. And you can't have my Bitcoin. So it's like a, it's like a mini protest for me where I'm like, just fuck off. I've had enough of this. Yeah. And that's satisfying. So no matter what the price is, every day I wake up and I think, good, they can't have my Bitcoin. Fuck them. <laughs> and that makes me very happy. <laughs> it's amazing though, isn't it? Because the, the mentality that you're describing that you have gone through, it's a real change. You know, the, the, the ability that Bitcoin's given you to think in the way you're thinking, they may all have been characteristics that you, you had before, but you perhaps didn't realize, or you didn't necessarily knew you had a problem until Bitcoin highlights that problem. So in, in, in the mm -hmm. instance of owning property, so I don't know, I own it, but none of us have ever been in egregious situations per se, when a government stands on your front doorstep and says, no, no, this is actually going to be used to, you know, have a motorway built through it or actually you've got to be locked mm. in your home for you know x many months until we decide to let you out those are you know just a couple of random examples but i would never have questioned like the private property rights you know growing up in the uk i'm now based in australia but you know it's 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 just not questioned at all 
And mm. by not questioning it, we've been lulled into a false sense of security. And it's only through understanding what Bitcoin actually is. And the first time you get some Bitcoin into a self-custodied multi-sig wallet, you're like, holy shit. Literally, no one can get this off mm. of me. Whoa, what does this actually mean? And you start to then obviously look at different parts of your life and realize, gosh, I don't think I really want to own anything else. And then that whole phrase of, well, what is ownership <laughs> gets repeated and repeated, doesn't it? Yeah. So Max, you mentioned, for example, the car industry and, and buying and selling cars. And what, what other assets have you played around with in the past? And, and they've obviously fallen by the wayside as well in terms of your reallocation towards Bitcoin, have they? Yeah, um, I've messed around with cars since very, very young. Like as soon as I had cash in my pocket, I would go buy cars like cheap shitters before there was insurance or MOTs or any of that sort of stuff, just because it was, you know, needs must and do some basic renovation, like, you know, polish them up, little basic stuff like that, and then sell them on, make a couple of hundred quid, do it again, do it again, do it again. And I did, I then specialized in G wagons for a while, but old school G wagons. And there was a weird little niche. <clears throat> oh, really? This, oh, I fucking love them. Yeah, I, I so love it would those have been, cars. Would have been the late nineties, and we had a yeah. a manual G wagon. It was like a kind of mud brown, like a bronze color. Yeah, not the kind Lovely. of souped up stuff you see on the on, no, on no, the high no. streets of of Chelsea today. But yeah, classic. Did it have exactly tweed inside? No, but it, I, I don't mind or was it leather? Not from memory. I think it was like a it was like a tan leather. Okay. Classic. Okay, so you were shifting yeah. G wagons. All right, cool. Yeah. And so what, what I found was there was a weird, I don't know what you would call it, like a, a weird opportunity, which was if you found really shitty old eighties G wagons that would all, they all rusted around the sills and they all rusted on the back. Like there was a specific point where they would all rust and they looked terrible. And so I just worked out, well, these things at the time were going for a couple of grand a pop. But if they were nice, they were five or six. And I was like, well, I know that I can do this work for about 500 quid. Mm -hmm. So that's a nice opportunity. And the more I buy, the less there are on the market, which means they're more scarce, which mm -hmm. means they go up again. And so I just started buying as many as I could and then renovating them, not worrying too much. I wouldn't shift on price. And it was just really easy money for a while because no one else was doing it. I was buying loads of them. And so I did that for a while. And then, I mean, yeah, just any, I mean, anything, uh, a, a couple of Ferraris, a couple of Porsches, a few, just anything where I thought, right, this should be more money. Let me go and hammer them down. Let me do a cash deal and I can flip it. And if, if it doesn't sell tomorrow, it's fine. Cause I'll drive around in it. Lovely. So it didn't really matter to me. And, and so I guess that was, um, again, a bit of low time preference where you've not got so much money tied in. I didn't ever have debt with those kind of things where I'm thinking, oh shit, I really need to shift them. Mm. So that was quite good, but I guess I just get bored of stuff at some point and you know, it, it can be down to regulation, which is what it was with, with the dentistry and, and the same with the property. Mm -hmm. It can just be like a change of interest and nothing has held my interest like Bitcoin. Mm. And, and I think that's just because it's not just w with everything else. I mean, I like cars. They're great. They're good fun and they're beautiful. Some of them, but mainly it was just like, I want to do this to make money. Mm -hmm. Whereas with Bitcoin, sure, when I first came in, it's like, I want to do this to make money. But now it's like, 
this is really fucking important. Like, this is just, I can't think of, you know, if you think of like, when I'm on my deathbed, what's going to go through my head? And I think if I wasn't doing this, what am I going to do that could have the same impact, positive impact, I think, on the world? And then so if I'm not doing it, and I go and do something else and just chase the money, then I'm probably going to lie there and think, you wasted your life, mate. Because if it didn't work for any reason, I think we're in re like real serious, serious trouble. And so it's kind of like, well, you, you just got to do it. Like, and what am I doing? It's, it's like, I'm not a developer, so I can't really do that kind of stuff. I run a podcast. Some people listen to it. Some people find it useful. I try and talk about it and teach people where I can. I hold as much as I can for as long as I can. And, and outside of that, there's not a lot more I can do at this moment, but I still think it's, it's more useful than me fucking around selling cars and property and, and doing that kind of stuff. I just don't think that adds anything of value to the world. Well, it's also about energy, isn't it? And yeah, I cycle back to the start of the conversation, thinking about you at three o'clock in the morning in your apartment, just like sprinting around and round and round. Fucking <laughs> hell, this is massive. And, and if if you don't follow your instincts and you don't follow where your energy is taking you, then what's life all about? And, mm. you know, in this case, it's taken you towards Bitcoin. Now, other people right now won't have even read about Bitcoin and they'll be going in different directions with different energy. And that's totally fine. But following what you're, you know, deeply passionate about is obviously a big part of what makes life exciting and, and fulfilling. And I, I feel very, very similar in that sense. And, having just recently quit a fiat job to go full-time on Bitcoin podcasting. It's a very exciting time. I feel very, very fortunate to be able to even attempt to do this, but equally I'm being driven by something that is, it feels important. It feels really, really important to talk about this and try and get my voice and opinion out there, but equally like uncover stories that help other people understand what Bitcoin is and why it's important. And that's why conversations mm. like today are so, are so interesting. And, and, you know, on that note, just from a, purely selfish perspective i'd love to hear about your experience running a podcast so when did you start the pod why did you start the pod how have you found the experience so far 2018 i started it why did i start it i think in all honesty i think I, it's hard to really think back exactly to what was going through in my head at that time i think i tried working i tried learning like basic coding skills and thought, oh, maybe I could go into development. And I realized quite quickly, like, no, you, this is not, this is not something that's going to work for you. Like I, I, I didn't enjoy it at all. So I was like, okay, well, what can I do? And I was also very, very lonely because nobody wanted to talk to me about this like literally nobody like oh you know like i'm like running around like all excited and you know going oh let's go and have a coffee let me talk to you about this and i'm talking to investors and being like you know you need to fucking do and they're like you're an idiot you're selling property to buy and you know so it was a i guess it was like a need to speak to other bitcoiners yep and listen you know have a conversation with people who are a bit more like-minded and so i thought well I'll just give it a go. Like, why not? I'll just start speaking to people. And uh, it was a really nice experience because I, you know, I was, I guess I had the imposter syndrome. I guess I was quite nervous, especially like reaching out to people early days. And some of the people that I'd listened to 
and had helped me quite a lot. Like Pierre Richard was one of the first people I had on and I was like, you know, I had a lot of respect for what he'd been saying and it had really helped me. And I was like a bit nervous almost to speak to him, but then I had the conversation. I was like, oh, that was really good. So I just kept doing it. Um, so it's been great to like learn, I guess it's been good to meet other like-minded people. It's pushed me down probably I'd say more of like a privacy and security rabbit hole over time. I've not like on my show, I don't really get any of the financy guys on because what I find or what I've like observed is you get the, the flavor of the moment person who like everyone thinks is great and they go on every podcast and everyone's like, Whoa, like a Ral pal or like that kind of person. And everyone's like, Oh my God, this guy's amazing. And he goes on every podcast and everyone like treats him like a God. And then he's actually, can I swear on the show? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Total cunt. <laughs> and so you see that, so you, you see that over for, and over. They get shown for who they really are over time. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I've not got anyone like that on my show i get the people who i think okay they're actually building something that's useful they're building tools or they're teaching people how to use those tools and that's kind of the direction that it's that it's gone and what that's done is it's helped me learn and so i'm not a very technical person which i think helps the show a bit because you know and, and it's not like an intentional thing i'm not trying to be like oh i'll dumb this down for listeners it's no it's literally i have to dumb it down for myself so I'm trying to learn and people who are listening learn with me, hopefully. So that's been pretty cool in terms of like how it's been financially. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> it's like, it's, you know, not that I don't appreciate the sponsorships that I have, but like you can't live on it or even close. So, you know, I have to do other fiat work on the side. Everything's always very tight. There are certainly times where I think, why didn't I just stick with just doing fiat work and stack? Because I'd be so much better. It'd be better financially, but where would I be in my head? Um, and I think, you know, that's very valuable is being able to sit down and have conversations with Bitcoiners and yeah, okay, you, you earn less and you don't have to earn less because you can do like a McCormack or someone like that and be like, right, who's going to pay me the most. I don't care if they're going to shit on my listeners and they're all going to get raped and lose their money. I don't care. I just want the money. Mm -hmm. You can do that and that's fine, but I can't look at myself in the mirror like that. So I can only deal with businesses that I feel comfortable with mm -hmm. and so and also give give all the trade-offs and explain like you know there is no such thing as perfect even in a in an advert i'm not gonna like i'm not gonna just shill something and not give the trade-offs because i look at that and i think well then i'm no better than the fiat world because this whole thing is meant to be about truth and so if you're gonna preach about truth and and everything to do with bitcoin and then actually you're going to shit on listeners I think that's disgusting. So I, I like, I'm never going to make loads of money doing this. I'm always going to have to have a fiat job. I'm always going to have to do something else unless Bitcoin just absolutely mm, <laughs> moons. Um, yeah. Just like does something like where we oh, look Max, at it and we go, Oh shit. I think my wife needs me. Yeah. That's all right. One baby that's causing us all sorts of problems at the moment. <laughs> yeah. oh Go God. help. So There's she's no 10 room. weeks old and just hasn't stopped crying. Max, I've, oh, I've, I've cut you off there at an important time. It's, that's okay. I'm very keen to learn about your podcast experiences. I'm obviously just starting myself. The you're, you're right though. It's like, what direction do you go in? You need to feel happy at night about what you're doing. Yes. Um, so 
absolutely what you've done so far makes a lot of sense to me and thank you so much for sharing your your story for now i'm gonna have to wrap this up like whatever we are 45, yeah, no 50 minutes and i'm so sorry yeah no, no no problem that duty's cool but that comes first we'll have to we'll have to do another conversation some other time and, and sure. get you back on i've really appreciated learning so far what brought you to the space and it always just it amazes me the different the different type of talent that's been drawn in and what they ended up you know evolving from and I listened to an episode of yours today with Diverter and No KYC and Pleb Minor Month that you've mm -hmm. done. And it's, there's just so much cool stuff going on out there. I mean, I was going to ask you about the privacy and security side of things that you've kind of gone down to, but we'll have to save that conversation look, for another time. Look after your baby. We're, I will yeah, do. yeah. Yeah, we'll Max, do that. Thanks so much time. for your time. And I'll let you know when the episode is yeah. up. Thank you. Lovely. All right. Cheers, mate. Thanks a lot. Okay, friends, nice work. You made it all the way to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this conversation. As I said at the start, if you have any questions, then please don't hesitate to reach out. And if you enjoyed the episode, then please rate, like, subscribe, and share. That's it for now. Enjoy the rest of your day. All the best, Jake.